Ray Black. Good to yes, meet you. Yes, good to meet you. How are you? I'm good. I'm really tired. Yes. Well, what have you been doing? Why are you tired? <laughs> My sleeping pattern's just been really bad recently. Mm-hmm. I just can't get to sleep. And I've tried it all. Like, I put it on Twitter and everyone's like, meditate, do this, do mm. that, do that. But... I think I've just got a lot on my mind and like, I can't get to sleep. Like what? Life, finishing an album. Life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As I just we just we were just speaking and you know, it's it's amazing to have you here. You've made incredible waves already in the scene, but we at the same time I feel like you're you're just starting. Mm. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um I feel like I've I've made a name for myself definitely and built like a foundation. But I've, I feel like it's still really early in my career because I guess I haven't dropped a, an album yet. Um, and I feel like the stuff that I have released, I was still finding my way. So for me, it still feels quite new, okay. even though people, I guess, know me. Yeah, 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 yeah. How did it sort of start for you? Because I know you studied English literature and you're a mm-hmm. big, you're influenced by um, like the character of Havisham. Mm-hmm. Was it the, the Carol Ann Duffy poem or was it the the... the the play the story um i think for me it was the story oh that that poem actually was really quite influential but the story i would say mainly um just because i felt like it was so relatable to just a lot of girls a lot of women really period like a lot of people are scorned and um, I feel like after every single breakup or relationship mm-hmm. issue, girls like, you know, what? I'm done with guys. Like, <laughs> I hate them and go on like a, a man hate tirade for like two months or something post breakup. Um, and that was my mood at the time. So I decided to name my first mixtape that. Yeah. And can yeah. you talk to me a bit about that? Because obviously it was quite a, I listened to it earlier and it's obviously, you know, it's quite a sort of sad overtone to it. Mm. Um, was that sort of your first experience of recording music and, and doing music for yourself? So it, it isn't actually. Um, I made an album when I was 10 years old. 10? <laughs> yeah, but... How do you make an album when you're 10? So, <laughs> it sounds bad. So um, I don't know if they do it in all the boroughs in London, but they had this scheme called Gifted and Talented Scheme okay. where um, they would choose... Um, students who were talented or gifted at a particular subject in schools mm-hmm. so during the summer holidays you would then like get the time to hone in on that talent or skill mm. like whether it was math english or whatever right. and um i got chosen to do it for music because one of my teachers realized that i could sing because i was in like the school choir and so, so i spent my summer holidays making an album that's incredible. <laughs> yeah which was so dope that's amazing yeah. and, then, and then you went on to make and then i went Havisham. on to make Havisham, okay. like what 11 years later or something right, okay. <laughs> um but along the way i was still like writing music and stuff behind the scenes like with my friends that i went to school with mm-hmm. um but i guess that was my first yeah my first ever like project Experience. thing that I had put out and honestly I was just winging the whole thing okay <laughs> yeah 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 what what was it about music then like because obviously you, you then decided to sort of pursue it fully yeah. or was it always in your the back of your mind to do that no always I feel like from the second I saw like my first memory is seeing Michael Jackson on TV because my dad was really obsessed with him and for, I feel like from the second I saw that Michael Jackson video, I think they just can't get enough video. 
I was like, I want to do that because he looks so cool. And I want to be I want to be so cool just like him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I just became so obsessive, like music and music videos. And, and so from really young, I knew I wanted to do it. But I guess I went the traditional route because it was safe and I'm African. And like African families don't play when it comes to education. Yeah, neither do Indian families. <laughs> yeah, it's like they don't play. So my mum was like, yeah, do your, like, do your singing thing, your acting thing, but you're going to go to school. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that on the side, but you're definitely going to go to uni. <laughs> so, definitely. Yeah. So then you, you went to uni and I went what, to what did you uni, study at uni? Yeah, English literature. Okay. Yeah. And was that, do you feel like English has played like a big, part and influenced you a lot in your music or your content definitely I think it influences the way I write um because I'm such a lover of stories yeah. and poetry and um I really I'm a bit of a nerd like a neek when it comes to those things like I used to actually really enjoy analysis uh, so did I <laughs> I used to love I used it to love when you had to like do circle shit yeah and, like, circle yeah, and yeah, the breaks yeah. out and be like this means this and she's drawing inspiration from the sun light 100%. and all of that deep yeah, stuff yeah come up with the wildest like analogies yeah exactly yeah, yeah. like that was actually my favourite thing to do with, from school Um, so I feel like it influenced the way I write lyrics because like when I write a song I always go over the lyrics. I'm like, does this make sense? What mm. am I communicating? Am I saying things exactly how I want to say it? And I, I would say I write kind of in a story form sometimes. Okay, yeah. amazing. And you just mentioned like you watching Michael Jackson and MTV and stuff mm-hmm. there. Who else was sort of playing in your house and like what other sort of music were you influenced by? Um, I was really influenced by gospel. Okay. Growing up, because um, I come from a really religious family, so I was raised in the church, and I was in the adult choir from like ten years old, wow. <laughs> like singing every Sunday and Wednesday at church, um, and always being played in the house. Um, I grew up on Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey. Classic. I always say they taught me how to sing because um, I would listen to my mum's Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey CDs. Those two and Mary J. Blige were like the only secular artists okay. my mum listened to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I would listen to their CDs and like practice the riffs and runs they were doing. So yeah, it was it was those two and, and Mary J. Blige who is like my queen. What is it about her? Um, honestly, I feel like it was because of seeing my mum's connection to her music and then me having just, I don't know, like an emotional attachment to it, but not really an understanding of what she was saying because I was really young. But then, because it's such a big part of my childhood, I kept listening to it. As, and as I grew older, I'm like, oh, I understand what but she's talking about. you think that's really about. weird that as like children, we can develop attachments to like certain pieces of art that we yes. don't understand? Yes. It's just because it's a feeling attached to it. Like there's the same thing with food, I say like, the food you grow up with, it might not be the best food or the best tasting food or whatever. Like, you know, you grow up and you have all these cuisines and Japanese and whatever, but there's just a safe space or a nice, warm feeling you have when you have that food from home. So I feel like that's what I felt with that music. Like, it's nostalgic for me. But then when I got older, I'm like, I understand what PMS is now. Like, I get it when Mary J. Blige was singing about PMS. At what stage did it become like, okay, I'm actually going to do music full time now? Was there a specific moment? Something happened? Like, what was it? So, yeah. um, So, I finished uni and I think I dropped my mixtape literally the the month I finished uni, I think. Really? Yeah, because that was my plan. I, I had a whole plan in my head. I was like, okay... 
it's your last year of uni, what are you gonna do? Like, I'm not trying to be at a desk cause I'll go mad. I need to get into music. So I need to finish this mixtape, drop this mixtape. And then I had this, and I was just so sure in my head that the plan was gonna work out. I was gonna finish uni and I was gonna sign a record deal. And that was it, it was all gonna happen. Um, so then, but then I finished uni and then I went into a grad job. So I was doing PR for like, eight months and going crazy for eight months like i hate this hellhole so much really? and like i was going to the studio in the evenings and then going to work in the daytime until it was like christmas time and i signed my publishing deal and so, i was like i'm out here suckers <laughs> bye amazing, <laughs> literally amazing. during yeah. those eight months what were you like waiting for something or was it just a personal thing where you need to be ready or was it just your music wasn't ready what was it I was honestly just waiting for a check. <laughs> like, okay, okay. I was waiting for a check because, like, I really respect people who take that leap to um, go into, like, um, a career field where they're not making money or whatever, not know what's going to happen. I personally, I always knew I can't do that because I really like nice things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I like feeling comfortable and being able to buy the things I like to buy and go out for dinner. So I was like, I would love to quit this job and just focus on music, but I can't because I just, I like feeling comfortable and like safe financially. So really I was just waiting to be in a financial position to not be at this job anymore and focus. So getting um, my publishing deal was honestly such a blessing for me. Yeah, because it helped me do my art as well by myself without having to have a record deal as well and having to work, yeah. And then, then what? And then, and then, um, and yeah, so I signed my publishing deal, and then I guess I just actually could be in the studio and not be so tired all the time because mm. I was going to work in the day in the studio at night, so I was just making music full time, um, and made my first music video, which was 50 50, yeah. which is a song called 50 50, 50 and um. Yeah, then things just started rolling from then. It was like single after single. I'm not going to lie. It felt like a whirlwind because I was kind of thrusted into this new world and had to pretend that like everything made sense and I got what was going on. Like, okay, so you do promo and you do this and you do that. And I'm just like, okay. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you release 50-50 and that, mm-hmm. that, that does create like a, a sort of big wave. For yeah, you. definitely. Um, did you notice a shift in, in energy or like, or sort of how far you thought you could take it after that? Um, I think, yeah, I I always had a, like the hope and dream of taking it far and mm-hmm. the belief that I would. But when that happened, honestly, I was really shocked because I expected it to be a lot slower, really, mm-hmm. um, because I don't know how the industry worked, first and foremost. So I was like, how do you even share this music? How do right, people right, hear right, it? Right. Um, and so I was just surprised, like, oh my God, like people know these, my song and like they're singing it and they're coming to a show and yeah, things just started happening. I think I was really surprised and overwhelmed. And I remember saying to my manager as well, like, is this normal? Like, is this, yeah, is this yeah, yeah. how it's supposed to go? Cause I don't feel like this is normal. And he was like, you yeah, know, so this isn't so normal. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then what about the art at this point then? So like how have you seen your develop your art develop from when you made that first like mixtape to like 50 50 and then obviously my hood and mm. then what came after that 
um wow it i feel like i've developed so much in terms of like my sonic and my writing as well um and honestly i think that comes from just really trying new things and working with different people yeah um because i've worked with a bunch of different sorts of producers i think over time from my, my mixtape i really just like i grabbed the beats from youtube like i ripped them apologies if i ripped your beat <laughs> um and made the songs like that so being in sessions with another person and like being part of the, the development of the beat was a new experience for me and then just finding out what sound I wanted was a process because I worked with like some dance producers, pop producers, R&B, mm. pop, so. What about the sort of content? The con- like the videos? No, or? like the, the, sorry, the, the, the lyrics and the sort of what you're talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, do you know what? I don't feel like that's changed. Like, I don't think it has. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want to ask what you thought, but I don't think it's changed either. I don't think my lyrical content has changed. Maybe the way I say things. Yeah, my delivery yeah. has changed a lot and developed a lot. And I feel like my songwriting has gotten so much better as well, which I'll okay. be really, really happy about. Um, yeah, but I'd be saying the same, <laughs> the same <laughs> shit. It's <laughs> yeah. good that it works. And, yeah, like, it and works. obviously it's just personal to you. So yes, like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. How did um, My Hood come about? So I had a session with this producer called Courage. Um, and I remember not wanting to be there as well. And to any artist listening to this, when you have those days where you don't want to go to studio, honestly, just force it because you don't know what's going to come out. Right. Um, I was so tired. <clears throat> and it was actually, I think, still at the time, maybe when I was working my day job, and it was like a rainy evening and I literally just threw it down really, really quickly. Like, I remember sitting there and being like, oh, okay, let me just bang this out. What would Drake do? Drake would just say something simple and repeat it. Like, my hood, my hood, my hood. Yeah. And that's literally how it came out. And he was like, my producer, he was like, I think there's something there, you know. I was like, mm, mm, mm. You know them ones, you're just trying to leave. I was like, mm, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Save that in it. Like, finish <laughs> that another time. And then my manager heard it and was like, no, 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 there's something here. Like, you need to finish this song. Um, And so I finished it and then actually, like, fell in love with it and was like, oh, my God, I'm so happy I went to this session. Um, And then I hit up Stormzy about it. Like, yeah, I've got you knew song. Him, Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I, I knew him from before, just, like, from the ends and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah, there's this song. I really, really want you on it. Like, honestly, I didn't think he was going to have time because he was re- he was popping from early. What, what what year was it? 2015? This was 2014. 2015. 15, yeah, yeah, 2015 yeah, yeah, yeah. we recorded it. Um, yeah, so he, he was, was like, he was like bubbling then. He was Definitely, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he hadn't made a name for himself, like, like in the end, but then it was becoming kind of mainstream yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then he was like, yeah, I love the song, cool, like, I'm there. And yeah, we made the song, my manager was like, I feel like he couldn't even wrap his head around it, like, you've done this song, you've got Stormzy on it, you've done another song, Wretches on it, <laughs> like, how is this all happening? I feel like early on, I was really lucky to just cross paths with amazing right. people and for them to collaborate with me. Okay, Yeah. and did you know what you were making? Did you know the impact it would have and the sort of where it would take? No way. No? No, not at all. Not at all. I remember when I released that project that those songs were on dirt, I remember thinking, this is a bit shit. Really? (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, because I've always been really hard on myself when it comes to my music. Um, and I remember just thinking, like, is this good? Like, I don't get why people think this is so good because I just didn't, I don't know. I, I like to push myself and make the best thing possible. Um, and I definitely like, like it now when I liked the songs at the time, but I was like, is this good enough? Like I can do more songs, I can do better songs. But I think that's cause I was so focused on like the future Ray Black, like what I could be doing and how right. I could make things sound, but it's all a, a process to get there. So just mentioning that, so like you, it, obviously for the fans and listeners it worked and, mm. but for you you felt like it wasn't really your best yeah have you ever been in a position where you felt like you've had to i don't like the word but compromise your art mm. for the sake of how far it could go or how successful it could be oh yeah definitely um definitely yeah i felt that pressure around the time when i won the bbc sound poll right um, which was a huge deal for me and at the time i don't think i understood how huge a, a deal it was um and then i think from there i just had a lot of people in my ear saying certain things because of the expectation that came with winning the sound poll usually mm-hmm. i guess traditionally i don't know maybe these people expect <laughs> that they're gonna win it or something and they have a whole album prepared ready, prior yeah, yeah, yeah. where i me and my manager were literally just winging this thing like we were just vibes in <laughs> and releasing good music so I don't have no album, no nothing ready. And people like, okay, you need to work with like this type of people, that type of people. And I was being put into sessions with like Adele's producer and Sam Smith's producer and whatever. And like, they're obviously sick in their own right, but that's just not my sound, not sound as an yeah, artist. Yeah, yeah. Um, but everyone was just like, yeah, like, you know, you just need to make like a big pop smash and whatever. And yeah, there was a lot of, of pressure to do that. And like... Yeah, I, I eventually, I think you just succumb to it because you're like, these people are supposed to know what's right, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, they're supposed to be like the experts and like the person who does radio. It's like, you know, radio won't play this or this is the type of song they want from you. Um, so I feel like I did give in and I did a TED talk um, last year and I spoke about it, one of my songs called Doing Me. Okay. And I really hate that song. <laughs> I really hate <laughs> Artists never say they hate their own no, music. No, it's like, <laughs> I've never heard that. Yeah, because you like you have to think you're so amazing all the time. But like that song for me, I'm like, no, oh, that's trash, because I didn't connect with it at all, and I felt like it wasn't authentically me. Okay. Um, and I think it was a learning curve because I was like, you know what, I need to always be proud of the stuff I'm putting oh, out and feel like it represents me. So, yeah, that was a turning point. And during that stage, did it have a personal impact? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Because you just start second guessing yourself. I think um, having attention, mainstream attention or whatever, it's, it's like a blessing and a curse. Like, it's amazing that people are like hailing you up and stuff. But I think then um, there's this, this expectation and you just start second guessing everything you wouldn't have before where I would just be like, yeah, I've had with this song, man. I think this song's hard. We should release it like as a single. Then everything becomes a much bigger conversation. Like, is it the right sound? Is it the right way to go next? And is this what, will people be surprised? Instead of just going with what feels right and what sounds good, everything starts becoming a bit mechanical when you just, yeah, second guess yourself and your art and your abilities. I feel like artists do that anyway, though. Yeah, true. Naturally, you do that. But I think with 
with attention or anything like that, I think comes even more pressure. Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%, 100%. And then, am I right in thinking that there was a deal on the table or people, the labels were interested in you mm -hmm. after that? Yeah, so... So, the label I'm with now, Island Records, actually were interested before I released my EP, Dirt. So, I sat down with um, Benny Scars, shout out Benny Scars, okay. and Darkus. So, Benny brought me in and was like, like proper hailing me up to Darkus, and he heard the music and loved it and wanted to sign me. Um, but I just wasn't in the right place to, to sign a record deal at that time. Um, so, God bless Darkus. He, he gave me some like money no strings attached at all and he meant it and was like okay here's like 15k make your first music video get some press do your thing get a name for yourself and all of that and just like only thing I want is when you're ready to sign a deal just come and see me first as well like let's sit down and talk about it and we're like okay cool um but yeah so I sat down with a few labels but I didn't yeah sign anything until 2018 and then you release your next project yes which was empress amazing project thank uh, you it kicks off with run run right yes yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah the video to that gives gives goosebumps thank you um, what inspired you to address that particular um issue? so when i made the song i feel like um like youth violence wasn't really as much of a talking point i made it i think in like 2016 actually um and I honestly was just talking about my reality like I was just talking about what I see where I'm from and my experiences um and then and then when it was like okay do you know what? I think I'm gonna release this next like the crime level of crime and youth violence and gun violence then was just like soaring and actually becoming like a big conversation right. in the media and I was like, you know what? I think it would be amazing to make a video around this, but to change the narrative a bit because I felt like um, it was in the media just portrayed as like these young black boys. They're just they're just running around with knives and like yeah, killing yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah, like yeah. ah, they, do you know totally. what I mean? Like it was just very. Um, it was painting us, I think, in a in a really negative light. And I felt like it was necessary to show the bigger picture that first of all nobody actually wants this life nobody yeah. nobody wants to be in a gang on the road selling drugs like that's no one's passion in life no, no, of course. um and that honestly a lot of these situations are circumstantial like when you come from a surrounding where you feel trapped and you feel like there's no other way out and no other option this is what, what life becomes, what becomes for you yeah. so we created that sort of dystopia that just leads me to to, to ask you like what is your deepest motivation um that's a good question uh actually, actually i spoke about this yesterday my deepest motivation is um two things one i feel really passionate about um representing you know a marginalized group of people being young yeah. black women and i'm really motivated to represent them properly and just fly the flag and work hard and put out the best music I can possible and just represent my people. Um, and then my other motivation, honestly, is just to make amazing music. I'm such a fan, like a huge fan of music. Like I'll listen to anything. If it's good, I don't care what genre it is, I'll listen to it. Um, and I'm just so inspired by incredible art and I'm like, oh, I have to 
I have to level up. That's always what I say to myself. Like, nah, that's too mad. I've got to like make something new. Like, what Kendrick Lamar's album is too mad. I have to make my album all over again. Like, I'm that sort of person. And what is next? My debut album. Debut album <laughs> yeah, 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 my debut okay. album. What can you tell us about it? Um, what can I say? I'm saying the sound is trap and B. So trap like, and B. Okay, yeah, that's an, I've heard that expression. Oh, yeah. I've coined something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone coins their own trap thing. Yeah, yeah, like, okay, like Bryson Tiller's got trap song. If you say Afro swing, all of that. So yeah, yeah. for me, I'll play, I make, I feel like I, I make, um, yeah, trap trap and B music. It's like trap and R&B. Because honestly, like that's what I've listened to. Like, that's my main playlist is literally trap music, R&B. That's it. Who's in your playlist? Yeah. Who's in my playlist? Um, Loads of Bryson Tiller, loads of Kehlani. Summer Walker. Mm. Yeah, I'm a new school artist. So like Drake, all of that stuff, all the new artists I'm listening to. Have you ever had a moment like in the last few years where you've 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 been in a situation which you thought was like unbelievable or you wouldn't have even thought it would be possible? Mm-hmm. Have you ever had that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've had a few. My first, my first situation I would say was being in the studio with Will I Am. Mad. That was really mad and random because he <clears throat> reached out personally to work together and I was just so baffled by it. Like, why does Will I am want to work? Why does he even know who I am? Why does he want to work with me? And we got in the studio and he told me the best story ever. So he was like, and you know, I don't know if you've ever seen him on The Voice, but he's like yeah. super, like a big character. Yeah, yeah. He's like, so I was on The Voice, right? And I was working with this girl and you know we had the competition going on where they had to do the head to head and she really wanted to do this song called my hood and i didn't know the song and they wouldn't let us sing the song because like they've got something called the voice where like you can only do i think like top 10 songs so it's just like a huge commercial song that everyone knows and um and the girl apparently she was like crying about it for the whole week because they wouldn't let her sing my hood and so he was like, I gotta see this song. <laughs> so he said, now listen to it. And I was like, damn, I get why she's upset. <laughs> Be upset too. I was like, nah, this is the no sickest way. story ever. So he was like, I've got to work with this girl. Like to see someone so passionate <laughs> about crazy. this song. Um, so yeah, that was mad. Was and that then, in London? Did he come to London? No, that was in LA. In LA yeah, so I was in LA at the time. Um, and then he freestyled for me. There was a mind, that was a mind blowing day. Like he was, we were making a song and he just jumped on the keys and he was like, yeah, I got, I got some words. And he just started freestyling and the freestyle was a whole song. Wow. Like it was a whole song that made sense. Um, and then my second time was being in studio with Kelly Rowland. Wow. That was mental. Yeah. Did you make anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. made a song. We made a song. I think she's going to release it as well, actually. She told oh, me like last wow. week. Um, Royalties. Coming through. No. Coming through. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in that songwriter bag now. So. <laughs> Literally, no, that was an amazing day. And I almost left as well, which was, that would have been a huge mistake. But I was so overwhelmed. I've never felt that overwhelmed before. But to be in the presence of somebody who you've looked up to as a child 100%. and for them to be so graceful and warm I was really taken aback so I was like I don't think I can be here and I tried to dip and her manager came out and was like you can't leave like Kelly loves the song and blah 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 and I was just like I can't deal with this right now it's too crazy, much for man. me um but yeah no so I came back and we finished the song but I can't believe I actually almost left a whole Kelly Rhoda but ever, it was a lot for me have you ever had uh imposter syndrome 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. That took a lot of time to get over. Right. Especially actually after winning the sound poll. I was like, I kept saying to myself, like, oh my God, when are they going to find out I'm a fraud? They're going <laughs> to find out I'm actually not that good. And I'm a whole fraud and I've tricked them. And I said to my manager, I was like, how have I tricked people <laughs> into giving me this award? I really, I felt undeserving. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, definitely not undeserving. But Thanks. sorry about that detour. Let's talk about what's coming up, which is the album. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what can you tell us about it? Like, what, what, are we, what can we expect from the debut Ray Black album? Um, so yeah, trap and R and B. Um, you know, more of a sexy side. Okay. I would say yeah, more of a sexy side that maybe people haven't seen before. Um, and me just being really honest okay. and and open about my experiences in relationships and in the industry as well. I feel like that's a conversation a lot of people have been wanting to hear from me, like how I feel as a woman in the industry and black woman in the industry. So um, how how do you feel? Um, I feel a lot of things. I feel like it is my superpower because there's not many of us, Mm -hmm. number one. And I feel like I have a cult following because of it, of people like me and who look like me. Um, But definitely I feel that there are struggles that come along with it. And a lack of support for female artists, period, like across the whole board. Um... Yeah, like even in our in our urban scene, like it's so amazing to see like rap music, Afro music thriving. <clears throat> but in those spaces, I feel like the support is literally f- yeah. just for the male artists. Um, so it's definitely a, a struggle. Yeah, hundred percent. I normally end on uh, two questions. Okay. For everyone, I do this. So, okay. the first one is: What was the first piece of music you remember like purchasing or getting hold of or? going into a shop to get um what was my first honestly i think the first album i ever bought was i am sasha fierce beyonce's wow, really? beyonce's album yeah i am sasha fierce that was the first album i ever bought with my own money anyway yeah 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 um was there a particular song on there that you because you bought it or um sweet dreams was my favorite diva um, Diva, yeah, that one. Um, and there was two more songs. There was a song called I think "Fall Into You" or something. Yeah, that's that album was. I just yeah, I just loved it, and I loved Beyonce. I still love Beyonce. Amazing. Yeah. Second and final question: Stage or studio? Oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna say the studio. Yeah, I'm gonna say the studio. I'm gonna say the studio only because I I put a lot of pressure on myself for my live shows because right. I love going to watch live shows. Mm. So I always want to make sure I give an amazing show because when I go to a dead show, I'd feel it. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, I never <laughs> want to do that to people. <laughs> um, and and I don't put that pressure really on myself in studio. I'm just like enjoying and creating. So yeah, studio. Amazing. Ray Black, yeah. pleasure. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. It's been good. I hope Sweet. it saved. Yeah. <laughs> <Your> <laughs>